Joe, do you get that PowerPoint loaded? All right, cool. All right, guys, good morning. Um, while she's getting this PowerPoint loaded up, just uh, going to open some prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus, just for bringing us here today for fellowship. I'm so thankful for the volunteers and uh, just the administration here that put together a great vacation Bible school for all of our kids and for the families that attend here. We're just so thankful, Lord, for your sacrifice for us. I want to keep you the primary focus of our day in, day out. Just thank you for fresh grace and mercy every day, for unmerited favor. We cannot earn any right standing with you, Lord. You are our righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for ears to hear and teachable spirits today, and that uh, you allowed me to guide these sheep and that you would speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to get up here. I, I feel claustrophobic down there. Sorry, I'm tall. I'm going to be speaking down to you today, hypothetically. Um, so I had, a, uh, I had, an, interesting, had an interesting week. Um, I'm in a really, really cool season of my life right now where just having a really teachable spirit, eliminating some negativity, eliminating some stuff that's toxic, and uh, just both personally, family, work, uh, my walk with Christ. And I was just, the Lord had put it on my heart to teach about, you know, what is on your pedestal. And I was asking myself that. You know, a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody about their faith walk and talking to, you know, what do you believe and why do you believe it? That's a huge thing. You know, everybody around here, we know we have tons of friends and acquaintances, family members, and even like within your own family gathering, there could be seven to eight churches represented. So in Northwest Ohio and really in society, what I've gathered is that like we tie our faith to human beings, to churches, to Bible studies, to organizations. So the Lord had put it on my heart, like what is on, what is on your pedestal? As human beings, we put things on a pedestal, the things that matter most to us. So we're gonna tie our faith to the word. We're gonna go through this. Next slide, please. So the definition of a pedestal, I put a little graphic here. Um, that's a pedestal, there's a statue on there. A pedestal is the base or support of which a statue or a column is mounted. Today we're gonna to be talking about what our faith is and what do we have on our pedestal. Things that I hear often are circumstances, experiences, pastors, churches, or people. So a lot of times you ask someone, what do you believe and why do you believe it? they can probably tell you what they believe in a very surface level type of response. I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian. Most times they'll respond with a label, and that's how I've been my whole life. You know, I am a non-denominational Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for our sins. I would say 99 out of 100 churches around here that are Christian churches could align with that. But a lot of times, what's, what, we, what we put on our pedestal, a lot of the stories I hear, a lot of people's testimonies are their circumstances. Well, you know, I am, I'm, in, I'm in the season of life that I'm in because of an injury or because of a loss or because of, you know, there might be a sob story or there could even be a celebration. You know, I got here because of X or because of my efforts here. So they could use some circumstances. 
could also be their experience. You know, maybe they were born into a God, a, a godly relationship. Maybe their mom, you know, I was, I was lucky enough that I was born into a family that had a church. You know, we started a church in our basement and then went to a building and then went to another building. So I was, that, that, that was lucky. There was, there was some, you know, I was blessed to be able to be, to be brought up in that. There also could be, in the, on the flip side, an experience of negativity. Someone could say, you know, hey, you know, I was born into, you know, I just had some real darkness in my childhood, X and Y, or why, I'm the way, why I am the way I am, and this is why I'm in the spot that I'm in. Sometimes they'll put their experience on a pedestal. And oftentimes, I've talked to two or three pastors this past week, and they, everyone says, you know, my body and the people that go here or even talking to people that go to other churches, they depend on a pastor to be the conduit for all of their learning from Jesus. Their spiritual walk is 100% conditional on what I deliver to you. So whatever Pastor Trey or Pastor Isaac or anyone else that preaches here or anyone else that preaches any other church, whatever our spiritual understanding from Jesus then our delivery of it, that's your supplement. And that's all you take. That's what, that, that's, that's what the Lord's put on my heart. There's no condemnation here. I'm just talking from like a broad society view. So some of the lack that I'm seeing in some of the stories that I've been hearing and just conversation I'm having with other pastors is, <clears throat> they say, you know, people just don't read their Bible. It just comes down to that. It's, it's funny to say that because like everything that we base our belief on, if someone were to ask us, why, why do you believe what you believe? I would hope that you can point to this or reference a verse or reference a scripture or a parable. Not say, well, I believe this and it's because Pastor Isaac or Pastor Trey or Pastor John said this. You believe what you believe because it's the truth. You believe what you believe because you place the Bible on the pedestal. This is what you should view everything through. Not what I said, not what an experience, not a lack of, not a success story. So oftentimes, you know, we have people that are going through life that say they go to a church but are lost. Maybe they're in a situation where they're praying for something. Maybe they lost a job. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they have a condition. Maybe there's a health, health issue. And they, we, we've got to stop tying our faith and anchoring our faith to someone or something or, or an organization. We're putting that on a pedestal. We're putting the church on a pedestal. Nine out of 10 people around here, if you were to ask them in open conversation in society, are you a Christian? Yes. In the same breath, they'd mention the church they go to. A church is a supplement. It's like working out. You can take as much pre-workout, much protein, all that stuff that you want. It will help, but it won't help anything if you're not doing the activity. Church is a supplement. This is where you're being fed, and we're very blessed to have everybody here. We hope that we grow organically. None of the, none of the stuff I'm saying has any condemnation to it. What I'm talking about is we need to have a, an organic relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we come here to be fed. You get a perspective of me, from Isaac, everybody else who preaches up here, from the small groups we have. Those are all supplements. Those are just building blocks. 
But your main foundation needs to be your personal relationship with Jesus through this. The first verse we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians 3, 3 through 9. This is Paul talking. He said, you are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are, not wor- you are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, well, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Next. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 3 through 9. No confidence in flesh. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those, those mutilators of flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in flesh. Though I, myself, have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in flesh, I have more. He's talking about himself. Paul is saying, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. This guy was a big deal. He's like, that's one of the OG tribes. It's one of the original tribes in the Bible. He is a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have obtained all this, or have already at my goal, but I Pressed on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to be taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is powerful because Paul is saying, you know, if anyone has the right to brag or we want to talk about, we want to talk about a resume, this dude has it. This dude has it. It's from one of the original tribes, Hebrew of Hebrews. He had every right to, he had every right to his own self-righteousness. He could walk around peacocking. He was the guy. He was the guy. He had made it as far as like in society. In the human mind, he, he, had, he had made it. He had earned it. He had the background. He had the lineage, everything. He says, I consider all of that garbage to which he may gain Christ. And that's the point where we need to be at. So what Paul was saying is if he had a pedestal, these are the things he could put on it. These are the things he could put, you know, if he wanted, he wanted to raise everybody, see everything that was to him, that he earned himself, boom, right there. Next slide, please. 
All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Notice that verse right there, 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things, making everything garbage and, earning what, or, and, and looking at what Christ does for us. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. That too God will make clear to you. That, that didn't say that too your pastor will make clear to you. That too your church will make clear to you. That too your podcast will make clear to you. No, that too God will make clear to you. If you are confused about something, you need to seek him for something. Seek first his righteousness. All these things can be given to you as well. That too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have, a, have us a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, now tell you again, even with tears, many lives as enemies of the cross of the Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Put Jesus and his word on the pedestal. That's who we need to see things through. That's who our spiritual being needs to be, be seen through. Take hold of Jesus and his word for us. Turn our eyes to heaven. Set our ears to hear and our eyes to see and have a teachable spirit. Have a relationship, a personal relationship with God so that he can speak to you. You know, we often, we, our, our church is built on no performance, grace-based, and I love that. That, that. that equates to liberation, freedom. You don't have to come here and wear a certain attire. You don't have to come here and go through a certain set of traditions. We don't have to say a declaration and a prayer and sing hymns the same way and sit down and rise at the same time. Those are all freedoms that were awarded because that's the way Jesus wanted us to worship, wants us to be at the seat of the throne, wants us to kneel down in front of him without having any conditions. However, that doesn't mean that there isn't things we, that we need to do to be taught. There is an action we do need to take, that does need to take place, and that's sitting with Jesus. That is opening your Bible. The cool thing is, everything I'm saying, you don't have to do. And that's, that's the beauty of the Bible. That's the beauty of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. He gave us free will. We can do whatever we want. You don't have to go here. You don't have to earn my respect. You don't have to earn God's love. I'm telling you how you can enhance it. You sit with Jesus and ask him, what do you have for me, Lord? What do you have for my heart? What do you have for my family? How can my spirit be enhanced? Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. How should I feel about this? What should I believe? That's the transformation. That's the amazing transformation. And now, what happens when you dedicate yourself to that and you set your mind to that? Be aware of the transformation that the Holy Spirit will have in your life. Next slide. Read this real quick in Revelation. So there is a revelation that takes place, and what was awesome, God, God pointed me to this verse. So there's a revelation that's going to take place in your heart and your mind on what happens when you sit with Jesus and let him lead your life. So this is the, the angel of the church in Philadelphia wrote this. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. 
What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write them on the name of God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. I will also write them on my new name. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's super, super powerful. And uh, Jesus had put kind of a revelation in my heart to share that because it says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you've kept my word and not denied my name. Our strength, our efforts, our, self, our self-worth needs to be in Jesus. And we, he knows it's a battle. There's going to be trials and tribulations. There's, it, it, we live in a fallen world. It's, it, when you take hold of this, it's going to be spiritual warfare. The more revelation you have of who your spiritual being is and the, clear, the clarity you're going to get, the self-worth, the love you're going to feel, the Holy Spirit's going to come over you and just anoint you and make you aware of the atonement that Jesus has for us and that we don't have to earn it anymore, that's when you're going to have the most attacks come at you. Spiritual warfare happens. This is, Satan's the prince of the world. How many churches have you ever been to They mentioned Satan? Being dead serious, how many, how many churches have you ever been to that they attribute anything negative to Satan? Because I haven't found anybody that's told me of any message they've sat under or any church they've been to where Satan's name is even, is even recognized. Why do we do that? That's just a rhetorical question. Ask yourself that. Why do we do that? Why do we attribute every negative thing to Jesus? It's a lie. Trials and temptations. This is from James 1, 2 through 8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and will be to you. When you but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts it is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Notice that when they talk about the trials and tribulations, you can go to that slide. Yeah, just leave it here for one second. One second. There are trials and temptations. This is just a, this is a reference and an observation of what's going to happen in the world. I've faced trials and temptations this morning. We face them every minute of every day. We live in a fallen world. Nothing of this world, yes, Jesus, if we take hold of him, he can liberate our hearts and minds and we're going to be blessed with unmerited favor and we're going to have our compass fixed to the promised land. That doesn't mean that we're going to be exempt from facing challenges. If you're you're in battle, the one person you want to take out is the captain. If you're playing in a sporting event, their best player, you want to take them out. 
Why? It does the most damage to a team. Once you take hold of what Jesus' promises are, the cool thing is you're going to live a life that has blessings and you're going to have a righteousness in Christ that you've never had before. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be exempt from having, facing challenges. Satan's going to come against us. John 10.10, 10, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, but I come that you may have life and live it to the full. Cool thing is, we have a truth of, of who gives us challenges. They're referencing it in the Bible that we are going, whenever you face trials of many kinds, Consider it pure joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. That doesn't say, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, for when I give you trials, for when I make you go through these things, for when I make you face obstacles. No, they are just referencing that it's going to be trials we face. We face trials every day. That doesn't mean we need to, something goes wrong, you know, the other, the other day, I woke up, had a toe injury. My toe just hurts. I don't know. It's horrible. It's stuff like that that we, that we, like, take for granted. All of a sudden, you can't walk very well. You're like, geez, surely, like, wish I w- would have been thankful for my toe not hurting yesterday. Do you think I have, do you think that, like, we should be like, oh, thank you, Lord, for giving me this pain. For now, I'm going to pray more. No. It's, 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 that's a trial. It's, it's an obstacle in my life that it just happened to happen. It doesn't mean that I have to attribute it to Jesus. You know, Lord must be trying to teach me something. That's not the way the Bible works. That's not the way the scripture works. That's not the truth. Next. Once we have Jesus and a clear mind on his word, be aware of the spiritual warfare and attacks which Satan will bring to distract us. As I mentioned in John 10.10. 10. And Philippians 1, 6, which is to be the last scripture, said, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The battle belongs to Jesus. Victory is ours when we place our faith in him. And so a little bit of a, a story that I'll end with here. <clears throat> we got here in about five minutes. So, you know, I, I've been in the Word since I was... 12 years old, 10, 12 years old. And, you know, I listen to podcasts. I come here. I've sat under teaching from Jerry, sat under teaching from Louis, sat under teaching from my dad, Isaac. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, read Joseph Prince books, Andrew Womack. I went to Karis Bible at college for a little seminar thing last fall. There's tons of people and there's tons of wells we can draw from, right? Because they're perspectives. And those people are just being conduit for Jesus. He's the vine, we are the branches. Now, you can be fed from people that are like-minded, that have the same type of beliefs that you do. We also have a knower. Our spirit knows when we hear things that are not true, correct? Someone says, yeah, you know, it was just his time. God needed to take him. We know that's a lie. Right in here is jumping. Beep, 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 lie detector. We know that's not the truth. We also know when we get a bit of truth or someone has a word from God for us or we listen to a message, I find myself being like, oh, wow, that's really good. Like, that was, that's deep. I needed to hear that. That was applicable for the exact situation that I'm in. There are words that people say. There are some podcasts I listen to that are just perfect timing, supernatural timing. 
So this last week, been a group text with some people. <clears throat> this guy sends us a little podcast clip, and he's like, hey, listen to this guy. You know, we got this pastor visiting, and I'm like, just annoyed. I don't know why. I'm just like, I have enough people in my life I listen to. I don't need this guy, right? But my friend, I, I place a lot of credibility with him. He, 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 he plays a big role in my life. I trust him. Trust his word, trust his knower. We align on everything. We've shared a lot with this guy. Very transparent. And in my spirit, it's like, just click on the link. And I'm working in my office, and I'm just like, okay. So I click on this link. Dude, this preacher had the best message, and it was so applicable to my life on self-image and how we see ourselves. And even when we miss it or when we're going through a rough season of life, how we should still be seeing ourselves as created in Jesus' image. It was the exact thing that I needed. And I'm sitting there like, man, what an idiot. Putting my pride on, on a pedestal. If I wouldn't have clicked on that, I wouldn't have like been liberated and, and been lifted from this guilt I was feeling and from this like just yucky feeling I had and just got some condemnation and some lies from Satan that were just like, just, just lingering around, and they were affecting every part of who I was. They were affecting my relationship with my wife. They were affecting how good of a father I was. And this is all subconscious stuff. It's like, once I was delivered from it and liberated, I can look back and be like, wow, what a, what a bad position I was in. I didn't know it at the time. But I was putting my own pride on a pedestal, and I was saying, you know, I, I, Trey Smith listens to enough people. I got enough people in my life. I've, I've been under the words since I was 12. I I know enough. I don't, need to, I don't need this podcast. But something told me to click on it. I clicked on it, listened to it. Man, it was super freeing. So I called my buddy. I told him, I said, hey, listen, man, I'm going to tell you straight up. I did not want to click on that podcast. I was like, and you know that like, I haven't really been re receptive to like, this preacher coming and all this stuff. He tells me, he starts laughing. He's like, dude, I know that. He's like, I literally was like kind of weary of even including you in the text message because I knew that you didn't want to click on that. But I knew I should send it to you anyway. You talk about a confirmation, man. Like that is, that's God. That's Jesus working through us, knowing that the right thing, right people, right placing, right timing. And it's because I put my faith in him because I just said, okay, should I? And I listened to that spirit. The flesh part of me didn't want to because like, I was like, I don't know, holding a grudge. Not really holding a grudge. I was just like, I got it all figured out. I'm cool. I'm already a part of a church and an elder team and I preach every once in a while. So like, I, I don't need that. You guys, everybody else, you guys need that. I don't need that. I was putting my pride on a pedestal, putting my knowledge on a pedestal. So my word for you today Jesus gave me is because of my own experience, and that's usually how it happens with me. But be, be open to sitting with Jesus. Be open to asking him, what do you have for me? Open this up. You can use podcasts and all that to enhance and to supplement what you need. And absolutely, come to church. Be with like-minded believers. Be with people who are going to build you up. You need people like that. But we can't place all of our faith on that. Our faith has to be from Jesus. 
So that's the word I wanted to give you guys today. Appreciate you having a teachable spirit. And I needed to have ears to hear. I needed to have a teachable spirit. And I didn't until I clicked on that podcast, until I had that conversation with my buddy. And that brought me out of that hardened heart. So in order for me to have a teachable spirit and ears to hear, I needed to go through that because when I get up here and when I'm preparing for this, I expect my body and my sheep that I'm shepherding to have what? Ears to hear and a teachable spirit. So, you know, what, what a transformation I went through. I just wanted to give you guys that to help encourage. So I'm going to close in prayer and you guys will be dismissed, okay? Thank you. Lord, we just thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, just for supernatural encounter, for transformation of hearts today. We're just thankful for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift that you gave to us, Lord, your, your atonement. You have earned everything for us, Lord. We cannot wear a badge of merit for anything that we do or that we earn. We are righteousness because of you, Lord, the right to stand before God because of your sacrifice, Jesus. Just thank you for unmerited favor, right people, right placing, right timing. Everything we touch will be blessed because of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for hedge of protection and guardian angels for everyone here today and all of our families connected to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.